This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Real EFL League One podcast, the podcast where we take a look at all the wonderful action that England's third tier has to offer each weekend. League One is the early gift that keeps on giving in the run-up to Christmas. Prior to the international break, we had 34 goals across the 12 Saturday games, but this time we've managed to hit 40. An absolutely enthralling weekend of action in England's third division, and that gives us plenty to discuss on this week's podcast. There's loads to get through in this one, so let's not waste any more time. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and I hope you all enjoy the following episode. If you do, please leave us a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. We really want to grow to become the number one podcast for League One and League Two, so it would be much appreciated if you could drop us a nice little five-star score to help us grow. Now, without further ado, let's get into the action, and of course, I won't be on my own to delve through all the weekend's events. I'm joined today by a man who will be kind of-ish, maybe sort of okay with the results this weekend. It's Charlie Beast and Charlie, how are we? Yeah, really well, thanks. And yeah, I'm really happy. Uh, point for us at home, uh, new manager, you know, it's it's just a real kind of feel-good atmosphere around Lincoln at the minute. Brilliant. I'm also joined today by a man who is making his debut on the League One podcast. It's Ivan Newsom. Ivan, welcome to the show. How have you been? Yeah, thanks very much. Um, not too bad. Uh, not too happy with Carlos over hmm. the weekend, especially with... Um, Cheltenham and Reading both winning, but yeah. it's not a loss at least. So hopefully we can build on that on Tuesday night. Yeah, I think this is actually the first time I've been on the podcast in quite a while where Carlisle United haven't lost. And I'm not talking about a red card or an awful yeah. error. So it's quite um, impressive. impressive. But anyway, we will move on to the first game uh, this from, from the weekend's games. I just want to say as well, from the 40 goals across 12 games, on average, it was 3.3 goals per game, which is obviously... Slightly inflated, or not slightly inflated, but very inflated by a certain scoreline which took place at the Tough Sheet Community Stadium. But we'll get on to that a little later. Charlie, I'll start with you over to Fratton Park. And the streak is over. Portsmouth nil, Blackpool four. What went wrong here? Because I know we can point to the red card and say, okay, red card, but it was 2 0 at the time. And Portsmouth didn't really look great. They were actually quite poor, poor up until then. And, of course, the game, they scored two more after the red card. But what went wrong for them in this one? Blackpool were just comfortable, really. 
think you've kind of just sort of hit the nail on the head in the sense that, look, there was obviously a red card. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to start with the red card now. It was a second yellow. Personally, no arguments. Absolute obvious second yellow. There we go. No need to have a ref conversation. Sorted. Um, look, I, I just think that Portsmouth are really, really poor defensively. Like mm. they, they had actually opportunities in this game, but could just never really seem to have anything clear cut and take it away. But at the, the first goal for, for Pompey to go 1 0 down, they are going to be so disappointed with themselves when they watch that back. To leave Owen Dale at the back post with that much space, it's unforgivable. Mm. You can't be giving away a free goal like that, especially against the Blackpool side, who, you know, we know Blackpool can perform in this league. They've sh- they're showing us time and time again. So even a Pompey side as good as they have been this season, you can't be giving away goals like that. Like I said, they then had chances, but it didn't matter. I think Blackpool's second, I mean, what on earth is the keeper doing? The keeper's just far too busy calling for offside. He doesn't even do you, look do like you he think it was offside? It. Do you think no. it was offside? You don't. I, no. I, I, I disagree. I, now, I, I disagree a bit. I know now, we've only seen one all, angle. But... Now, first of all, obviously, I don't. I don't actually think he touched it. Hmm. You know, I. I also. Um, I am almost certain that there is the defender literally just stood next to him, keeping him on. I am almost certain of that. But again, it was the fact that the goalkeeper just didn't seem to be playing to the whistle. I thought it was a right easy shot for him to save. And he didn't, it's, it's like he didn't even try to save it. And then he's just far too busy. As soon as he sees that ball go past him, he's running straight over to the line now. I get it, but it's just, it, it, it was amateur hour for, for Portsmouth yeah. on, on Saturday. And it really was. And then that kind of happened, you know, the red card. It's just silly from Joan Rell. We know that he's got an aggressive streak in him. We get that. And sometimes that's one of his best qualities, but sometimes it's one of his worst attributes as well. And Saturday, it really reared its ugly head. But I do want to give credit to Blackpool. They scored some really, really nice goals. I mean, their fourth goal was such a smart finish. Mm-hmm. But their third as well, it was their third for me that I was the most impressed with. Because what, what he did was he cut inside... And then he, he he surprised the keeper. Instead of trying to curl it far post, he then <laughs> looked to try and cut it in near post, which then, yes, all right, he got a deflection and all of this. Just really, really impressive from Blackpool. They seem to be playing with a real kind of confidence within them. They were willing to take shots from left, right and centre, but not waste the ball. By doing that, they were creating good chances, high quality chances. Portsmouth were just making amateur silly mistakes all over the field on Saturday. They, they were worthy of the 4-0 with Blackpool. It's as mm. simple as that. And CJ Hamilton actually scored a goal and two assists. I thought he was unbelievable exactly. during the game. Fair play to him. And just, uh, I want to mm. bring up another point about the, the second goal. Will Norris got himself booked instantly because it was almost as, as if he started started arguing with the referee of the line. Oh, sorry. Before the goal even hit the, the ball even hit the net. Yeah. He was running out of that goal yeah. over, to the, over to the linesman. All the, the, the Blackpool players wheeled away in celebration. He came out of nowhere, ran to the line and obviously he was going to get himself booked he was livid again you can have arguments about whether it was offside or not it could have touched the player and he could have been offside that being said the angle you're looking at it from is for, for from yeah. our view is like I mean it, it's hard to tell for me kind of looked offside you said it didn't it, we won't know only the linesman I suppose would have had the best view in the in the stadium so I mean anyway I don't think it changed too much another red card did Joe Morrell or Morrell sorry you got Yellow card five minutes before he got sent off. Yeah. Silly, silly, silly. And he was always going to get sent off when he went in for that, that second challenge. And I agree with you. I don't, I don't think there was any arguments. Some Pompey fans would disagree and they said that 
a lot of the decisions went Blackpool's way, and I was like, yeah, because you kind of caused them, maybe. But yeah, anyway, I think Blackpool were full. Uh, they fully deserved the win, and credit to them. They are now seventh, joined with Derby County, who we'll get onto a little bit later, who are now inside the playoffs. But over to the Tough Sheet Community Stadium, and it's seven, and Bolton Wanderers are in heaven. They are top of League One after an incredible incredible victory against Exeter City and I just want to say the quality of some of them goals and the quality of that performance by Ian Everett's side was unbelievable for this level I thought it was genuinely genuinely incredible some of the passing and the the, the third man runs and the one touch playing around the penalty area was just scintillating they look good Bolton Wanderers look really really good and they I mean it's it's still too early to tell because Portsmouth were cruising at one stage and we all said they probably will go up. But Baltimore Wanderers, I mean, I don't think I've seen a performance that good this season. And I know people are going to point to the Barnsley game on you know the, the first game week where, of course, Barnsley won 7-0 against Port Vale. But even at that, a lot of the goals that Port Vale conceded that day were awful errors at the back. I just think Exeter City could not handle Bolton in this one. I really, I really don't. I don't even. Obviously, to concede seven goals, I'm not saying Exeter City are, you know, are faultless. But I just think that the quality that Bolton had was genuinely scary, and Dion Charles was just unbelievable. He got himself an assist and two goals. What a player! I would really like to see. I mean, I, mean, I have, I've said this on the podcast before. I have. I don't support a team in League One, so I have no bias. I don't, you know, but I just think I love watching Baltimore Wanderers. I've always loved watching Baltimore Wanderers under Ian Everett, even when they were in League Two. I wrote numerous pieces on them over the years, looking at how they play, and some of the stuff was just incredible. I remember I read a piece from a place I used to write with, and it was when Ian Everett was at Barrow, and they earned the nickname Barrow Salona. I tried to I tried to think of a pun for Bolton, but. Bolton Salona didn't uh, sound as good, so I didn't run with that. But anyway, they they look good, so so good. I mean, seven nil was just unbelievable. I also have a just a quick, I suppose, just a, a a task for the listeners. If anyone can tell me the last time we had two seven, or maybe Ivan and Charlie, you could tell me if you know. If anyone can tell me when the last time we had two seven nil so close together in League One. I'd be fairly impressed because that's what three months of the season gone. We've had two seven nils. I yeah, you'll be going some way back, won't you? Yeah, that. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I feel like we're going back to the sixties or seventies. Um, <laughs> so I'll leave that to the listeners. If you know, please tweet us because I, I really want to know. But anyway, Ivan, I'll come over to you for the next one, which was Reading's first away win in a year. The last time they won away from home. Paul Ince was in charge, and it was last November. I think it was the 12th of November, 2022. They'd be whole city away from home. They finally got a win away from home against Wickham Wanderers. And I thought they were pretty good. Well, I'll, 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 I'll let you decide whether you were good. What was your thoughts on the game? Yeah, so I think well, you started with saying about the streak was over with Portsmouth. But I think Reading probably, well, more importantly, they've got that... Um, the streak has started. Off, off yeah. their back. Yeah, well, the streak has started. <laughs> Um, and I think they totally deserved it. I think Wickham were really poor. I don't want to take mm. anything away from Reading, but I think Wickham were like they. I wouldn't say they had an off day because like, they've not been playing too well recently. But yeah. they just didn't turn up one bit. I think they had one shot on target the whole game. Um, 
and that was their goal. But yeah, I think Reading have like, I know they're still bottom of the table, but they have hinted in recent weeks. There was a one, was it Shrewsbury when they were 2 1 up in the 90th minute? I think they were away. And then, yeah. um, yeah, lost 3 2. But there's been, I think, a couple of hints. It's like that draw with Bristol Rovers as well. But it's, it's, um, yeah, it's what is what they needed because I think that it definitely like looms over the players a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they both their goals they took fairly well. Um, the first one it was a bit of a mistake from Wickham's keeper Max uh, Strick, which he I think he's gone to play it out to his left back and just mistimed it completely. <laughs> Femi Aziz gets the um, get the ball, crosses it in, it's a good ball, and I think Sam, Sam Smith's credited with the goal and he looks like he gets a touch on it, but. It didn't look like a big one. He's put well, it he right actually area. tried to control the ball, and yeah, it, somehow his control one, went in. Yeah, it was a strange, strange goal. But um, I mean, they they all count, don't they? So yeah, um, yeah Reading Reading fans won't be complaining too much. Um, but yeah, it's that like a silly mistake like that is mm-hmm. what I think cost Wickham, and he would go on to equalise two minutes later um, through a Killian uh, Phillips finish. But well, at that time, you'd think well maybe. Uh, the um, momentum could switch a bit, but I think Reading managed to just like dig their teeth and stayed in the game, and then, but then res- responded quite well and put, um, went ahead in the forty-first minute. Um, and yeah, it's a, it was a bit of a miss hit from Lewis Wing, and it's gone into the bottom corner. But yeah, like I mentioned a minute ago, Reading fans will not care about how they go in, especially yeah, breaking that um, breaking that awful yeah. awful record of over a year. Like you said, it's. It's what it's over 365 days. It's yeah, it's it's pretty impressive that it lasted for um that long. And yeah, to be fair, like I think Reading defense was pretty decent. Mm. You'd have to say to limit um to limit Wickham just one shot on target. Yeah. It's um yeah, it's they Ruben Sellers has got them at least in that department a bit more stable. Mm. But that that result does now leave Wickham winless in their last six, I think. Yeah, and um, you do have to question: Is Matt Bloomfield on the hot seat a bit now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose they they, they had a, a pretty poor start to the season as well. Wickham, but then they had a great run of results, and now they're after starting to decline again. It's been a bit of a, a, a strange season for them so far. They do sit thirteenth in the table, and they are now asked, what eight, eight points behind the, the the playoffs. It's still a lot of football left to play. I don't really know if they're hopes this season where to get promoted I don't think they're good enough to get promoted personally but I mean that's a that's just a subject that's just an opinion really but this was Reading's first win overall in league one since the 16th of September against Bolton Wanderers which is quite a peculiar stat considering that was the last time they won really happy for them but I just want to say as well Killian Phillips's goal is just unbelievable takes the ball down quick Cruyff turn bang left foot past the goalkeeper unbelievable then he goes celebrates in front of the Reading fan the Reading fans were great all game by the way they were, it was a great away end celebrates in front of the Reading fan shushes them and then he concedes a couple of minutes later and they lose the game so <laughs> yeah. impressive uh, but I, I do like Killian Phillips he's a great player he played for Ireland's under 21s uh, during the week against Italy, and they tragically conceded in the 95th minute to uh, Wilfred Nanto, who broke broke my massive uh, my massive heart. Uh, but Killian Phillips scored in that game as well. He was absolutely brilliant. I think he's a, he's a top top player, and his goal was sensational. But Charlie, over to you now for your team: Lincoln City two, Barnsley two. You said you were happy. Some fans weren't happy. Some fans weren't were happy. I suppose that's just. Football, really. Talk to me about why you thought this was a, a decent performance and a decent result. 
Look, I think first of all, you know, from the Lincoln side of it, we have to take a step back. This was our thir- third game with Michael Scribala in charge. Uh, this was the first home match that he was able to sort of lead the team in. And from the off, we just looked like a totally different Lincoln side to what we have been all season. So much more attacking, so much more intensity. We we, we clearly were, were there to win the game on, on Saturday. Obviously, we didn't, but that's also credit to Barnsley. So to kind of just start off, you know, look, five minutes in, we get a penalty. Now, I don't know if, you, if you've seen the, the clip of the penalty. Now, for me, absolute clear as day penalty. Um, I'll be honest. I'm so so. It happened just in the corner of the penalty area, and I'm literally sat directly behind for, uh, my seat where wherever it happens. Um, so kind of literally straight across mm-hmm. in the stand, across from the goal, and um, I was almost certain watching that live that, that it was actually outside the box, and we've gotten really lucky. But I watched <laughs> the re- but I watched the replay, and it is definitely inside the area, so there was no issues with that. Um, if anything, we very much could have had another one as well about 20 minutes later, but Ross Joyce, for whatever reason, decided that he wasn't going to give that one. Maybe because he gave the first, he didn't want to give the second. Understandable. you know, It didn't really matter. We were one to look. Felt like we were cruising. We looked like we had a chance mm. to score again, you know. Then, kind of 16th minute came. Barnsley kind of looked like they were getting a little bit more into the game. They looked like they were coming forward, having attacks. But I didn't necessarily think that they were going to get a goal, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. I thought that we, we were able to nullify Devante Cole really well, and obviously that is their biggest threat in terms of goal scoring. Let's not, you know, pretend otherwise. And then 68 minutes, unfortunately, Barry Cotter decides to uh, ruin my sort of joy in that and get a goal. And then four minutes later, John McAtee, who I thought was absolutely brilliant for Barnsley yesterday as well, I will just say that, um, he got a goal and an assist. Uh, yeah, he managed to make it 2-1 and all Lincoln fans' hearts just deflated. It was so sort of demoralising. But that did not matter to the Lincoln because we we did something that we've not really seen, uh, you know, especially when Mark Kennedy was in charge. And look, there are different play styles in all of this and I'm never going to slate a former manager. But what I sometimes felt was that we wouldn't necessarily go for games. Even when we were behind, it wasn't like that we would do a kind of Hail Mary go for go for the goals. Mm. I've already shown that he's going to do that within th- within his first three matches. And we did that on Saturday. Pure relentlessness then with attack. And as soon as they went 2-1 up, you just knew we were going to get another goal. We did then in the 88th minute from a corner as well with uh, TJ Ioma. Really pleased for him to be able to get a goal. Uh, and to be honest, then there were seven minutes added on and I thought if anybody was going to score again, it would be us. But look, from a Lincoln point of view, that's a point on the board. That is, a, a, you know, a home, keeping a little bit of an unbeaten run going. It's only two games, don't get me wrong. But if we can just get a little bit of an unbeaten run going under a new manager, it's only a positive again on top of that. We're only three points behind the playoffs. We had a month without an interim manager, obviously a managerial change. We've had a striker injury crisis. We're still basically in a bit of an injury crisis. You know, we're, we're very much having to sort of limit some of the players that we can use. So to, to have all of these things conspiring against us, if you like, and then to still only be three points behind, outside of the playoffs. Mm. Personally, really, really pleased with where we are as a football club at the minute. What do you think is the goal this season then? Do you think it's to get so, into that playoffs? Do you think you're good enough to, to, to get in or to go up? <laughs> never mind, get in. 
Well, look, there's a there's a clear ambition at the minute within our football club to to make the championship, but we're not going to do it stupidly by overspending and trying to buy the league mm. or anything daft like that. We're going to do going to carry on doing the sustainable model that we're already building at Lincoln, and hopefully improve that year on year to the point where then it's come from a low end League One model to a top end League One model, still working on the same kind of sustainability. I think this season there was the hope of sixth place. You know, that there was the hope of maybe being able to sneak into that playoff place, that final playoff place. Do I see us doing it this season? It's too early to tell. I think there's definitely an opportunity for us to. We've got, I think we've got the squad to do. We've definitely got a strong enough squad to be in the top 10 and challenging and not be five games before the end of the season and not really have anything to play mm. for. Whether or not we'll actually do it is a different story. But I definitely think there's a there's an ambition, both from the fans, both from the club, the players, the manager, all of this, to push into those playoffs. And I think it's a real possibility. I think it's really interesting as well that I believe there's, there's well, I know for a certain there are two managers in League One right now who managed in the Premier League last season. Mm-hmm. There could also be three. I, I'm not sure if Neil Critchley took a game when Steven Gerrard uh, was sacked last season before Unai Emery came in. It might be three, don't quote me on that. It's definitely two, Ruben <laughs> Sellers, of course, and Ruben Sellers and Michael Scabala when he was at Leeds United. But I also think Michael Appleton took a game as well when he was with Leicester City. I believe he did. So that could be four with uh, Premier League <laughs> management experience. So again, whoever's listening, please, uh, if I'm wrong or right, let me know on Twitter. Just uh, please be nice. Uh, I, I just want to say as well, Barry Cotter this season I thought has been pretty good for Barnes and I actually watched Barry mm-hmm. Cotter live a lot when he was with St. Pat's over in Ireland and numerous games. He tore Shelburne to pieces, of course, the club that I, I support in the League of Ireland and it was, it got, it, I remember one game, I believe it was Shelburne 4, Pat's 4 and he was just out of this world. He looked on another level. I could tell he was way too good for the League of Ireland and I wanted to put him down a peg, so I shouted a couple of things at him in from the stands. So, Barry, if you're listening, <laughs> I am so sorry. You're a phenomenal player. I take back what I said. But over to the completely Suzuki Stadium, Cheltenham Town 2, Oxford United 2. Cheltenham Town, look, they are in, in an excellent run of form at the moment. And Ivan, I, before I actually get into the the the... the the game. I want to just ask you as a Carlisle United fan, are you worried about Cheltenham Town's form now as a Carlisle fan? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think after the after the start they had, was it, and not scoring, was it 10 or 11 games in the end? 11. I think you can't, well, I never thought they were dead and buried, but yeah. I was starting to be like, okay, that's one team that we might not need to worry about. But the turnaround that they've gone under in the last what, month and a half, yeah. It's been insane. Like they look, they're playing some really good football in a minute, and I think like you might see them like out of the relegation zone before Christmas. At this point, yeah. I mean, they could, they in theory could be out of the relegation zone within the next two games if results go their yeah. way, which is just unbelievable. I mean, they're they're on an excellent run of form. They've three wins and one draw in their last five in League One, which over the course of five games, is a better run than Portsmouth, which is quite impressive. So like, I, I just I, I find that incredible. They're five points, of course, from safety still. So, I mean, and they have a tough game next away at, at the Valley against Charlton Athletic. That'll be a really tough one. But I just want to say, Rob Street, what a goal. Absolutely incredible. The touch, the finish, unbelievable. And then, 
just 12, 13 minutes later, he decides to elbow uh, someone in the face and he sent his marching orders. And that's, of course, Cheltenham Town then are, are, are down to 10 men. Really silly, by the way. I mean, the goal was unbelievable. Really silly to get sent off. It was a, a ridiculous red card. I, I have no idea why he's going in with his elbow. I, I was I was baffled watching the incident happen. And as soon as he did it, I knew he was going to get sent off. It was just a moment of madness, really. Rob Street, what are you doing, man? I mean, after that goal, after that goal, it was it was genuinely an incredible goal. One of the best goals, if not the best goal of the weekend. And you go and throw it all away. But it didn't matter to the scoreline because Oxford United didn't I mean, they they had a lot of chances, don't get me wrong. They just could not capitalise with the chance. I mean, I think it was Ruben Rodriguez had a, an unbelievable opportunity in the first half. It bobbles up slightly and he blazes it over the bar. It could have been, it was either Rodriguez or Soterio, uh, I can't quite remember. I think it was Rodriguez though. Blazes it over the bar and then to make matters worse after not converting that opportunity in the first half to level the game. Or sorry, it was in the second half, apologies. It was the second half. Ruben Rodriguez missed that chance. A couple of minutes later then he's sent off and it was again... Uh, just silly. So the game, the game's level, ten men apiece, and Will Goodwin then wraps up the game in the seventy sixth minute. Really, again, as I said, really impressive by 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 Cheltenham Town, and the the job Daryl Clark's done is, is genuinely phenomenal. They're, they're they're still second from bottom, of course. So I'm not. I mean, they're not safe by any stretch of imagination. They could lose the Charlton Athletic on Tuesday. They could lose every game now up until Christmas, and then we're back in the talking about them going down, but. They just look good. Considering Carlisle United, you know, drop points and Fleetwood Town drop points to pick up a win was, was was so big, especially against Oxford United, who were sitting second before this game. They are now third because Bolton overtook Oxford, Oxford United and Portsmouth. Oxford United. This was uh, Des Buckingham's first game in charge, I believe, and it was a, a certainly a, a disappointing debut for him in the dugout. Craig Shaw took the last game prior to the international break and now uh, Buckingham was in charge. Disappointing game for Oxford United. Not really because they didn't create opportunities. They created a lot of opportunities. They had 67% of the ball. So it's clear to see that Liam Manning's philosophy is still being implemented. That was clearly an objective, I suppose, that the board gave to Buckingham to keep that style of play going. They want to keep possession. They want to play attacking football. Oxford United certainly did that, yes, or on Saturday, apologies. They had 20 shots, though. The XG was 1.39, which is which isn't, it's not great, I'm not going to lie, from 20 shots, because that means the average of the XG would be, for each shot, would be really low. Roughly, you're looking to average an XG per shot to have quality opportunities, about 0.2-ish at a push. 1.39 from 20 shots is really poor, and they... they they, of course, they couldn't uh, capitalise on any opportunities. Just a quick shout-out as well to Luke Southwood, who was absolutely excellent during the game. He had a really, really, really good performance. But, Ivan, over to you now as we go on to... Uh, we, we get to the Western Home Stadium as Peterborough United score their, scored their ninth goal in two matches. It was posh four, Burton Albion nil. And Peterborough United look good, and that attack looks good. Kwame Poku, especially, and we'll get on to Kwame Poku in a second. But talk to me about the game first, Ivan. Yeah, I think we've um, 
been singing their praises a fair bit in the last couple of weeks, especially after playing five past Cambridge and um, four past Burton on Saturday. And uh, I think the um, the result actually flattens Burton a tiny bit. Uh, flatters, sorry, not flattens. Um, but uh, yeah, Peterborough, just a classy outfit at the minute. And um, it was a bit of a demolition job. Uh, they just, they gave um, Burton very little time on the ball and were just, yeah, creating so many chances. Quite a tough game for, I think it was um, Will Tarman, is it? Mm. He's a 17-year-old. I think he might have been making his... Made his um, debut. De- yeah. His league debut. Yeah. And that is not the side that you want to be facing at the minute. Um, yeah, <laughs> to, to, to make your league debut. But, yeah, I think they just... Peter hit the ground running. Really, like, a neat finish by Joel Randall to go one up in the sixth mm. minute. And that was then doubled by Ephraim Mason Clark. I think we've been saying his name on the podcast a fair bit recently. And that was just before half time. And yeah, I think they were in more or less in cruise control at that point. They then got helped when Bertie kind of rubbed salt into their own wounds by uh, Cole Stockton scoring at the wrong end, um, which is not what uh, Burton fans are wanting to be doing at the minute. And he has been linked to moves away in January, which would be interesting to monitor at the minute to um, see what happens with that. And then, yeah, as you mentioned earlier, Kwame P- uh, Pocky, he's got a tap in, really, a tap in, but he's still taking it fairly well to get his body in the right place mm. to get down there. But, yeah, he's he's in scintillating form. Um, and you, as you said, there's nine goals uh, Posh in, the last, in their last two games. And um, I saw something quite interesting on Twitter. I can't remember the name that was, or X, sorry, uh, who... Um, who posted it, but Mason Clark, Pocky and Randall have now had 31 goal involvements in their last 11 games. Like, that is insane at the minute, isn't it? That is unbelievable. Genuinely. I mean, the, the, I know we spoke about how good Baldwin Wanderers looked, but over the last couple of games, Posh looked unbelievable. And Ephraim, Mason Clark and uh, Pocky now have seven goals apiece in League One. Mm. I just want to say about Kwame too, uh, you touched on it there, there were links this past week that he is, I suppose, being touted with a move to the championship. And of course he is, because I don't think there's many clubs in the championship, if they can afford him, that aren't looking at him. I know Darren McAnthony will make sure he gets every 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 penny for Pocky, and rightly so. That's not a digger. Darren McAnthony's got to make money somehow. Um, mm. But I, do you think he's... he's I, I know. I feel anyway. He's good enough for the championship. But what kind of end of the table do you think he's good enough for? Because he's been linked with Sunderland, but he's also been linked with clubs a bit, you know, in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, I, I think like any, yeah, maybe not your top half, but I think even like mid table, the the level that he's showing this season, right, yeah. at least in that, like I mentioned, those last eleven games, he's he's performing so well. Um, the I mean, it's a bit of a risk, like how well with his play style translate into a team in the championship, especially if he moves in January. I'm not sure that he would, but if he does, um, but yeah, he's, he's certainly seeming to be enjoying um, life at Peterborough at the minute. And mm. yeah, I, I, like you said, I don't think there's much, there's much stopping them. Yeah. Borton Albion, on the other hand, they have zero wins on the last four games. They're just four points now above safety mm. and they face Portsmouth. At home, though, at least on Tuesday. But I suppose it's, there could be worse times to play Portsmouth after they've lost 4 0 at home. So, I mean, maybe it comes at a good time for them. Just for, for in terms of Peter United now, 16 points 
from 18 at home in the last six games at home in League One. They just look unbelievable. And Ivan, just before we move on, are they good enough to go up? Do you think this season? And I'm not. I, I feel like I bring this up all the time. I'm not going to mention the game last season because there's not a single posh fan that will want me to mention yeah. the 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 <laughs> you know the disaster from the playoffs last season. But they, I think they look a bit better this time around. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd certainly be surprised if they're not at least in the playoff picture. Um, yeah. I think they could definitely push towards the. Well, automatics, maybe even a title. I think. Well, they're just two points if, off it now. The, the yeah, it's so it's so tight at the top. Um, and also, you got to think like, are they a better side at the minute without Clark Harris? Mm. I saw he he came on, I think, in the 80th minute yesterday. But yeah. they they're not exactly. Well, last year they may have been not over reliant, but yeah, they they relied on him a lot last year, and it's now that you've got so many players performing at such high level. I think they're a better side than last year. Yeah. Unbelievable. And they have a tough game actually as well on Tuesday. They go away to Stevenage, who we move on to now. Charlie, this was my favourite game of the weekend. And I will tell you why. Fleetwood Town had 31 shots. Stevenage had eight. Fleetwood Town had an XG of 2.32. Stevenage had an XG of 0.92. Fleetwood Town had had 62% of the ball, seven shots on target. Stevenage had three. And they lost 3-0. Talk to me about this one because they they could not put the ball away. It was uh, crazy. You know what? I, I'm just going to start this with: if you're a Fleetwood fan, probably just lower the volume down for for a couple hmm. of minutes because you're not going to want to listen to this. Like you say, Fleetwood. We'll start with Fleetwood's kind of chances. Oh my god, how many chances do they need to put the ball in the back of the net? From an attacking point of view, it was just really unlucky for them on uh, on Saturday. Like I say, they simply could not get the ball in the back of the net if it killed them. It was really, really unfortunate for them. But also, gotta gotta have gotta give great credit to uh, Ashby Hammond in the goal for Stevenage. He was, you know, he was very much part of the reason why Fleetwood couldn't put the ball away. But hitting the crossbar, just hitting wide, obviously having some great saves by Ashby Hammond to have thirty-one shots and not score, like you say, an almost three xg. It's it's absolutely crazy. Although the fact that they conceded three when you sort of watch it back does not surprise me at all. Absolute. I, I, I mentioned, you know, I used the same word about Portsmouth. Um, and to be fair, I was probably a little bit too harsh on Portsmouth, but I feel it's a word that can be used for Fleetwood on Saturday. Amateurish in their defending. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably poor. The first goal, see, it just simply came from not being able to clear their lines. You know, trying to head it out and then not winning the second balls and then just booting it straight up in the air, coming out from a, you know, it was all stem from a long throw. Incredible from Stevenage. They showed the, the sort of determination, the resilience that we know that they have to be able to, when they get the chance and when they get the ball in the box, they're not going to leave that without having a shot or something on target. And they, they showed that. So brilliant from Stevenage, but really, really poor from Fleetwood. You know, the, the, the second goal as well, it was very much the same problem. I mean, the defender just got bullied off the ball. You, it was both on the wall. And, and you know what, what really yeah. upsets me? I, I know if if we've Irish listeners and you watched the under twenty one game against Italy on Tuesday, he was insanely good. I mean, unbelievable. And then I see him do that, and I'm like, really, man? That's so disappointing. It was he doesn't he, his his he has no awareness of where the ball is. It's over oh, yeah. the man. 
it was it was really really just it, it was amateur it was really really poor and you you can't be doing that because a team like Stevenage if you give Stevenage one goal from just sort of poor defending and not knowing how to clear your lines that's bad enough if you're giving them two goals from poor defending then well you're going to lose the game it's as, it's as simple as that really when it comes to Stevenage this season and then the third goal again it's something we've already spoken about today but it was a really nice break but again the Players were too busy focusing on the line, or trying to get the trying to get the offside. Now, the camera angle that I've got, personally, I think that there that he might actually be offside, but the camera's kind of panning, so I don't really get a clear enough angle where I can kind of mm. freeze frame it and tell. But I, I have a feeling he just might have actually been offside. But it doesn't matter. You play to the whistle. The the defenders were far too busy with the lino. They they weren't running back enough. They weren't tracking back. Obviously, they were already two 0 down by that point. It was one of the last minutes of the game what was it the 88th minute or something yeah. like that if I remember correctly you know oh sorry it was the 95th minute no, it was 95th sorry yeah, yeah earlier list. sorry yeah yes yeah so look at the end of the day yes okay Fleetwood can Fleetwood can go away really kind of disappointed in mm. their sort of attack and the fact that they had all these opportunities they didn't put the ball away both let's be honest probably through some of their own errors and the, the fact that there was obviously Ashby Hammond was absolutely fantastic in there and they just got really unlucky here at the crossbar and all this but when you're giving away three goals, or, or at least if you're just when you're giving away two goals to a Stevenage side in this this season under Steve Evans, you're just not going to be able to win the game. And it's yeah. as simple as that. You you make you're giving yourself a mountain to climb, but you're not able to climb it. You haven't got the hiking boots on, or whatever it may be. Mm. So at the end of the day, Stevenage deserved the victory, even though the stats really do point otherwise. I think 31 shots without a goal is the most this season, and certainly the most since I've. In the game weeks that we do, of course, myself and Matt rotate every two weeks. It's certainly the most I've written down where a team haven't actually scored a goal. 31 shots is wild and not put one opportunity away. I mean, even Phoenix Patterson had a shot. I think it was yeah. the first, second half, maybe. I can't remember when it was. Any rockets either the bar or the post. It was kind of it was high yeah, top left yeah. anyway. Unbelievable chance. He actually, to be fair to him, I thought he was probably Fleetwood Town's best player. He looked quite good. Yeah. I actually like him a lot. I think he's a phenomenal player, but. And he's looked great since Lee Johnson has has come to the club as well. But just, I suppose it like you gotta just dust yourself off now. And, and they've a massive game on on Tuesday against Wigan away, mm. so they gotta just get prepared for that. Because I mean, you look at the stats, the, the chance you had, your defending has to be better, of course. Yeah. Your goal scoring has to be better. I feel like I'm. I feel like David Moyes here when he was at United saying we just need to get better at passing, shooting, defending, crossing. Um, but yeah, they, they they have to just pick themselves up and dust themselves off ahead of the game against Wigan on Tuesday. But just quickly before we move on, Jamie Reid is now the joint top goal scorer in League One with 12 goals alongside Alfie May, who failed to convert this weekend. That's four wins in a row as well for Steve Evans' Stevenage. They are just three points off the top of the table and have a massive, massive game on Tuesday against Peterborough United to open up maybe a nice little gap if they manage to win that, and that is at home as well. And the next game we will discuss is Northampton Town 2, Cambridge United 1. Cambridge United's dismal, dismal run of form continues, but Northampton Town have picked up their uh, second consecutive win in League 1. They've moved, actually, above Cambridge United into 15th with the win, Sam Hoskins, scored his 10th goal of the season. He's on fire this term and he scored, I believe he's, he's, he's scored a huge show. I think it's more than half of Northampton Town's goals this season. Yeah, they've scored 19 goals and he has 10. 
So I'm pretty impressive by Sam Hoskins. He looks great. Uh, a really nice goal again this weekend. Kieran, Kieran Bowie, Bowie opened the scoring in the 49th minute. Sam Hoskins then, of course, in the 55th. Cambridge United get a consolation, but I just, I, again, I, I, they, they, to be fair, they had a couple of opportunities. They just, Northampton Town were more clinical. I want to give a shout out as well to Mark Leonard. The last time I was on the podcast was prior to the international period. He looked absolutely excellent for Northampton Town. I believe it was that game. I think it was in that game he scored his first goal. Was That, that was against Borton Albion, wasn't it? He scored his first goal this season for uh, the Cobblers. And again, I thought he was maybe probably a shit. He, he might have been man of the match, if not uh, certainly a contender. He looked really good, of course, on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion. Just a really, really good technical midfielder. I I don't want to be disrespectful maybe to Northampton Town. They 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 probably will struggle to keep hold of him in the future because I'd imagine he will eventually, if he goes back, he'll go and play at a higher level, whether it be, I'd imagine it would be the championship would be the next step for him. But I just want to say as well, I, I know I, I say this all the time when I'm on the podcast because Northampton Town are such a difficult side to play against. I don't think there's any team in the league bar that, I suppose the, the outlier was the Derby County game with a loss 4-0. That's the only game where they've really been comfortably beaten. Every other game, I, th- I think that was the only game they've lost by more than two goals. Or sorry, more than one goal, I think that was the first time or something like that. It, they're such a tough side to play against. And, and like, two wins in a row, they beat Cambridge, they beat Burton, and they're up to 15th now. And they've opened up a nice little gap between themselves and, and, and Fleetwood Town. It is only four points, but I mean... Those two wins were absolutely huge. And, oh, I, I, yeah, I had another stop. I'll, I'll leave that for, for a few minutes. It's time to start planning your next holiday adventure. Whether you're traveling to Germany for the Euros or taking your partner or kids in a much-needed break to the Balearic Islands, downloading NordVPN is a must. NordVPN allows you to watch all sporting events, TV shows, and films which are not available in your region by switching your location in just a click to one which is showing the content. So if you're away with the family and don't want to miss any of the action from your favorite EFL team, then NordVPN is the service for you. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online by protecting your personal data and other sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands for just the price of one cup of coffee per month and can be used across six, yes, six different devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash reallyfl. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So a massive thank you to NordVPN for supporting this podcast, and you can too by going to nordvpn.com forward slash reallyfl to get a discount. The link is in the description. Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We will move on, though, to a team who are also struggling in the relegation battle. And that is Carlisle United. Ivan, it's time. Carlisle United won. Charlton Athletic won. Would you... Would you have taken a draw prior to the game or or was anything less than three points a disappointing result? Um, no, I think I'd, have de- I'd definitely taken a point before the game, given uh, the circumstances with the mm. with the new owners coming in this week. I think there's been, it's made a quite a big of a deal of it, like before the game. Um, and I think losing would have certainly burst that bubble. Um, so 
I think, yeah, Charleston are a good side as well. So you, but the only thing is, I think we, we've drawn the most uh, or the joint most games in the league now. I think we've got six draws, three wins. And at some point, if we are, well, you want to survive, but if we are definitely wanting to survive and stay in um, the league, then we need to start turning these draws into wins. Mm. And I think, especially given the context as well, with Cheltenham and Reading both winning below us yesterday, I think it's... Yeah, it's um, it's easy to say that. Yeah, you take a point, but you do. We like we are starting to look over our shoulders already now. Yeah, and they. I mean, I, I, Carlisle United are actually the only team in the bottom three that didn't win, but mm. Fleetwood Town were the only side in the bottom four in the relegation zone that didn't pick up any points at all. So that's something you gained. I suppose Paul Simpson side gained some sort of ground on Fleetwood Town, but I, th- I think the fact that Fleetwood Town lost. And Exeter City lost, and Port Vale lost, and Wigan Athletic dropped points, which we'll get to to month, and even Port Albion and Cambridge. Everyone dropped points in, in that gap. But I think the fact that they did will maybe be a little, a, will make the disappointment a little bit greater. Do you think you deserve the win? Um, I don't think so. I, I think, I think it draws, yeah, you could say a fair result, but. Our goalkeeper, Thomas Holy, who is, I wouldn't say he's had a great season this year. He's probably had his best game, at least this year, maybe even last year. Um, I thought he was excellent. He's made some really good saves to both keepers in the game. And I think he started he started quite a few attacks. His kissing wasn't too bad um, yesterday, um, on Saturday, sorry. But yeah, it's, it's our, our problem in at the minute. It's I think it was the 14th game out of 18 this season that we've gone 1-0 down, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's just, you, you're shooting yourself in the foot every single week. Um, mm. I mean, it's good, it's good to be, I mean, only only went 1-0 um, down. I thought uh, Corey Blackett-Taylor, who scored uh, Charlton's goal, was unlucky not to get more. I thought he was a real class act on the pitch. Um, he was probably more yeah, much. Yeah, he, he caused so many problems. And yeah, I think we, we've probably got a bit lucky there that they've only managed to get um, one. And yeah. their, their wastefulness was, uh, would end up to hurt them, I guess, with former, well, their former player, Sam Lavelle, scoring his first goal for Carlisle, which a lot of Charlton fans have Well, seen the first goal in his own, mate. The first goal yeah, in his own, yeah, because first of goal, course, yeah, 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 two weeks ago, he scored the goal that lost the game against Bristol Rovers, but this time he actually got on the, he got the equaliser and it was a nice finish. I'm not going to lie, it was a very nice finish. Mm. Uh, the the ball was nice too. Bit of a lapse in defending over on the right-hand side. A bit unlucky with, with the pass. It kind of hit his... Well, deflection, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was, it hit, was it Watson? I think it hit his heels as it kind of went past him. But yeah, it was a, not, a really nice finish. And next game is, for, for Carlisle United, is away to Reading. How do you fancy that one? Yeah, uh, I'd say I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think with with Reading getting that uh, way win and breaking that um, awful streak, I think they're going to be confident going into it. Um, I don't know if you can say any games a six pointer in November, but it's kind of got the feeling that it could be a six pointer. I think if we if we lose or even if well, yeah, if we lose maybe even a draw, I think we are you you are. Especially if results round us don't go our way, then slight uh, start to slightly uh, mm. fall off adrift. Um, 
But yeah, I think it, it should be a good game. I think we're going to be quite up for it. I think the players have got to see the fact that we drew with a good Charlton side um, and only, once again, only let one goal in, not kept a clean sheet all season, but it's just keeping those scores low. It's good, like Our goal scoring has been the problem, but mm. as stupid as it sounds, after saying we've um, we've not kept a clean sheet all season, our defence our defense has actually been fairly well, uh, fairly good when we're not putting goals into our own net. So, um, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd expect it to be a really good game. I'd like to see us play a bit more of a attacking side because I think mm. well, part of it, I think Joe Garner was suspended on Saturday, but um, yeah, I reckon Simpson will um, switch up the tactics for that on Tuesday. Yeah. And just for Charlton Athletic now, they have only one win in five. They are three unbeaten in the league, though, but they sit seven points adrift of Derby County, who are six. And again, we'll get on to Derby County in a, just a few minutes. A little bit disappointing for Charlton Athletic. They've been much improved, obviously, since Michael Appleton took over compared to the form they they saw under Dean Holden. But still, I, I just think they're a bit inconsistent and they have to find some sort of consistency if they want to be able to make a push for the playoff spot considering Peterborough United are on an unbelievable run of form. Derby County are now hitting form and Stevenage have four wins in a row and it looks re- I mean it's too early to say whether Portsmouth are going to absolutely crumble now. The only side that really looks like they're going to drop out at the moment is maybe Oxford United because they had a change of manager still again it's, it's just too early to tell but on Tuesday Charlton Athletic are at home to Cheltenham, which is probably the worst time right right now in the season to play Cheltenham, but mm. we'll see how uh, we see we'll see how they get on in that one. I think just the biggest disappointment was the fact that they had so much of the ball, they had so many shots, twenty two shots, eight on target. They only scored one goal. Mm. Probably be a little disappointed, but over to a team that certainly won't be disappointed, and that is Shrewsbury Town, who beat Port Vale two one. Charlie Port Vale still haven't won a game. No, they haven't, and uh, they haven't won since, I think it was the 16th of September it was, since Port Vale last won, and uh, that was, what, to uh, Northampton, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Look, Port Vale are clearly struggling, okay, if I'm not mistaken, was it Reading, who also hadn't won before yesterday, on that exact same day? Exact same day, yeah, right. Uh, One of them's in the relegation zone, one of them isn't yet, and I think, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time until Port Vale find themselves in the bottom four. But Shrewsbury, I've got to be honest, before the season started, I actually tipped Shrewsbury to be relegated. Now, the reason I did that was just because of a lot of the off-field situation with Shrewsbury. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of kind of turmoil and sort of overturning behind the scenes at Shrewsbury uh, over the summer. But actually, I think they've not been performing too badly. Now, they've had a very inconsistent start to the season. But typically, you're finding that they're either losing or or winning. There's not too many draws in there, but they're kind of getting a couple of wins, a couple of losses, a couple of wins, a couple of losses, uh, sort of all within like every five-game kind of mm-hmm. period. It's just very much the thing with Shrewsbury. But they've found themselves in 12th place. And going into yesterday's game... I think they just really needed to make sure they had a win, similarly to what Port Vale would have felt. Obviously, unfortunately, it didn't happen for Port Vale. But whichever team won would have effectively moved themselves out of immediately looking over their shoulder to actually just a slightly more comfortable mm. mid-table position. And that's what Shrewsbury managed to do with a 2-1 victory. Now, this one, the way this one unfolded, I mean, Shrewsbury's first goal, it was incredible ingenuity to be able to take the quick free kick uh, out to Jordan Shipley, I think it was wide, who then put the cross in for Max Matter. It was a brilliant yeah. cross. 
But Port Vale, again, they're just going to have to be really disappointed with the way they defended that at the back post. I think they, they, uh, I, I couldn't make out on the camera who it was that stood at the back post there trying to defend against Max Matter, but it just looked really, really poor defending and gave Shrewsbury a goal. And when you're playing, you know, when you're a Port Vale side that are clearly struggling, you're playing away from home at Shrewsbury and you're giving away a goal like that, again, mm. you're going to really, you're just giving yourself more work to do. Then Shrewsbury managed to get a second. And to be honest, I think when Shrewsbury had a second in that game, you kind of expect it to be game over purely because Port Vale are obviously struggling at the moment and can't really seem to be able to buy a win, you know, let alone come down from two goals. But I will be honest, the second goal was really, really nice move yeah. straight from defence to attack. I, I love those kind of really quick counter attack, like, you know, from 10 seconds from one penalty area to the other. And Daniel Udo as well, the, the dribble that he made mm-hmm. to find himself space inside of the opposition penalty area to be able to put the put the ball in the amount of that power that he then had on the shot. Really, really impressed with that. I've always, I've always highly rated Daniel Udo. Um, so it was good to see him get on the score sheet. Port Vale did then get one back through Ben Garrity in the 68th minute, I believe it was. So, nice header. You know, it, it was a very nice header. I think Marco Morosi is probably going to be a little bit mm. disappointed. Um, but at the same time, it, they, it was a really good cross right into the six-yard box where everybody was stood. So, yeah, all right, on the one hand, the goalkeeper is going to be disappointed. On the other hand, when you've got 20 men stood right in front of you in this very small, confined area, anybody's going to find it difficult. Really good header from Ben Garrity to be able to get up and, and knock that into the net. So, um, you know, impressive for that. But unfortunately, it was just it, it was a consolation goal and there was nothing else to it. Mm. And I think that's kind of the, the thing with Port Vale season, you know, that they are just having issues fundamentally across all areas of the pitch. Uh, and it's something that they need to sort out sooner rather than later because they are in free fall. Um, you know, as we've spoken about with Exeter, for example, they are just unfortunately Port Vale falling Crazy down the table. They were both one of the, I think they were the yeah. top two at one stage. Yeah, yeah. And then they are genuinely in free yeah. fall. And I, I, I mean, there was, there, there was no chance that either of them would have gone up in the automatic promotion place. There was way too much football that to be played. But I did not expect them to be in, literally touching the relegation zone by no. November, no. which is absolutely wild. I just want to say as well, Max Mather, that was his uh, first goal and first assist this season that he actually uh, got. He I, I, was a former I Max Mather. Yeah, I rate him a lot yeah. when he was in the League of Ireland with Schlego Rovers, yes. but he kind of stalled a bit when he went to Shrewsbury Town, and that was his first goal in the city. He came on for New Zealand, actually, the other night against the Republic of Ireland at the Aviva Stadium and did absolutely nothing. But he got himself a goal in the assist this weekend, so happy days, and Shrewsbury Town pick up their second win in three games. And they're playing Exeter City away next on Tuesday, which is a tasty fixture for them because they're in form. Exeter certainly are not in form, whereas Port Vale have to go. They, they well, they're back at home, but they're playing Derby County. Who've started to pick up form. I do kind of. We've had we had Andy Crosby on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely, an absolute gentleman, a really nice guy. I do worry for him a little bit, though. I, I hope he manages to turn it around like he did after they lost by seven nil to Barnsley at the start of the season. But onto the penultimate game that we will discuss. It is Leighton Orient one, Wigan Athletic one. Shaq Ford scored in the 18th minute. That was his... I think that might have been his first goal in League One this season. I could be wrong on that. I could be very wrong on that. But I just want to say about Stephen Humphreys. Gets a penalty in the second minute. He missed his penalty a fortnight ago. And you're thinking, don't miss, Stephen. You got this, Stephen. All you have to do is score, Stephen. 
Stephen didn't score. Stephen missed yet another penalty. He did score from like 25 yards out, though, later in the game to equalize for Wigan Athletic. And he can score from 25 yards out to a sea of bodies with an unbelievable strike. He has such a, 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 a wonderful way of hitting the ball low and hard into the bottom corners. It's not the first time he scored a goal like that this season. There's been a few. Really, really nice finish from from Humphreys to level the game. But they just, I mean, they just, they just couldn't get that winner. And to be honest, they maybe didn't really deserve one. On the balance of the game, they had more of the ball. They had 53% possession, only five shots, though. The XG stats at the end of the game was 0.68 to Leighton Orient, and Wigan Athletic had one, bang on one. Problem is, though, 0.77 to 0.79 of that, depending on what platform you use, was, a, was because of the penalty. Apart from the penalty, they had about 0.23 XG from four shots. That's awful. Uh, really, really poor. I actually think they were probably a bit fortunate to walk away with a point, but they didn't lose. Leighton Orient, on the other hand, have dropped down now to 14th. They have zero wins in five games, but they face Bristol Rovers away on Tuesday, so maybe they can turn their form around. Wigan Athletic, on the other hand, host Fleetwood Town, and Fleetwood Town, if they put some chances away from the 31 they had this weekend, might do a little better, and that'll be a tough game, and certainly a really good battle, especially lower down uh, the table. Moving on to the last game, though. And actually, I think this is the first time Derby County have been on last. It's Derby County 2, Bristol Rovers 1. Ivan, Derby County are now into the playoff spots, which is quite fascinating, considering there's still a bit of... I don't want to say... I mean, people aren't still calling for Warren's head, I don't believe. Right now, I still think they've personally underperformed a little bit this season. That doesn't mean by the end of the season they will still be underperforming. They could be flying by the end of the season, but... For now, when I'm looking at, you know, the, the the players they brought in, the quality of players they have, to be below the likes of Stevenage and Oxford United is a bit disappointing. But six places isn't bad, and they're certainly not going to remove Paul Warren from his position, especially because they're on a decent run of form. I think that was probably... I think what makes it worse is the fact that they had a defeat to Crew Alexander in the FA Cup in between that, and they, they exited the Cup when they were considerable favourites to go through to the next round. Talking about this game, this was a, a a deserved win. Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd say so. I think they deserved to win it, but they certainly made um, hard work of it. Mm. I think they were not not all over Bristol Rovers, but they definitely had a lot of better chances. Um, and I, I think Derby, like like you were saying, they're not quite as high as you'd expect them to be. But like sixth isn't awful at this time in the season, and also. Paul Warren, I think is it five wins in six in the league. Yeah, I th- also I I don't know how like some fans are calling for him to go. I think like you said, it's the it's the defeat in the FA Cup where they may have pinned some hope on uh, going deep into that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think he's doing a good enough job at the minute, and they're more well more than in touch with the like the teams ahead of them. They're only four four points behind Peterborough in fifth, and only eight off the top, which isn't as like there's a lot of football to be played. Yeah. Um, and if they play like they did yesterday, I think no, you'll you'll see them in the, at least in the playoffs. Um, yeah, it was a fairly dominant performance. They had their, they did have their fair share of chances in the first half, but they they didn't find a breakthrough until I think it was the 66th, uh, 66th minute. 
um, when they cap- uh, capitalised on some poor defending. I think it was James Wilson, the um, Bristol Rovers centre-half. He just came up to do it, go for a header on the halfway line and has completely missed it in the air. Like misjudged the flight of the ball. Um, and it's allowed Mendes Lang to get through. And he's, a, he's in great form at the minute. I think the well. goalkeeper should have stopped that, Matt Cox. Do you think he could have done a bit better? For the first one? Uh, no, yeah. I think Men- Mendes Lang's goal. So, the, yeah, the... so so uh, Mendes, so the test, Mendes Lang's second one. Yeah. So so I was going to say the first the first one he, I think he he cry, he was the one that crossed it in, and um and Jack Hunt I think it was the, Jack Hunt and yeah, he, he, he slides it goal. he's just taking yeah. a swing at it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So talk about Mendes Lang's second goal. I I definitely think the keeper could have done better. I also think was it two defenders out on the line there. Yeah. I think they'll be kicking themselves. Um, that they didn't get that one out, having scored in the 87th minute to get it all together, uh, get it all back um, together yeah. through Chris Martin. And then, yeah, like we were just saying, Mendes Lang, he's in good form at the minute. And I suppose when you're in good form, those ones go in. Um, and yeah, it's given Derby all three points, so they continue mm-hmm. um, some good form. But yeah, Bristol Rovers, I think, will be kicking themselves with how they perform defensively there. And that's highlighted with that goal going in in the 90th minute when realistically they did well to get back in the game in the 87th scoring. But yeah, it's it is a poor way to lose on the road, to lose that late in that fashion. And Tuesday is absolutely huge for Derby County. And not because, you know, not because Port Vale are, you know, one of their rivals or anything, but Bolton are playing Oxford United. Stevenage are playing Posh. If they pick up three points, which they shouldn't realistically, mm. that would go. I mean, that, that it, would, it would just be such a great result because you know for a fact a minimum of two teams are not winning this weekend. Minimum yeah. from those games. So, and I mean, even that, even at that Portsmouth, they're facing, they're going to to Borton Albion away, which I'm sure will be a tricky fixture anyway, especially at the Pirelli, like a Borton or. Okay, at home at least defensively, and considering they're a bit fragile now, there's a chance. And as I, they are still favourite sports, there's a chance they they draw points there. But Bolton, Oxford United, Stevenage, and Peterborough all play United all play each other, so they have to pick up three points against Port Vale on Tuesday. Considering Port Vale are in absolute just free fall at the moment, cool, and yeah. could easily be in the in the relegations by by the weekend. Um, I just wanted to say as well about the stats. Bristol Rovers had more of the ball in that game by they had 52%. The XG in the game or the actual quality of the chances Derby had 10 to Bristol Rovers is 13. But the XG was 0.37 to 0.43. The quality of the chances weren't great. And it's why Derby County scored two goals. One was one of the worst on goals of the season by Jack Hunt. And two I'm I'm I know Derby fans may not like me but I feel like two, I know it's on target, but two could have been an own goal. It could have been. <laughs> it could have scored two own goals. Like it was yeah. just, yeah, the, the quality of the chance in the game was really poor. But I mean, and I just think they probably deserved to win, but it was a bit of a, an iffy one. But as I said, Tuesday is the big one. Guys, we will wrap up the podcast there. Charlie, what are your plans for the week? Oh, Cambridge away from here on uh, Tuesday night. So I've got that to look forward to. Very nice. Ivan, how about you? Yeah, I've got uh, Reading away on Tuesday night, so hopefully three points then. Absolutely brilliant. And I look forward to hosting the podcast again. I think I might be on next week. 
I think it's either next week or the week after I'm on. Anyway, I'm sure that the listeners are absolutely delighted to hear my, my stupid Irish accent once more. We will wrap up the podcast, though, and everyone listening at home, please make sure to drop us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the podcast. It means the world to us. And make sure to tune in on Sunday as we dissect all the weekend's results for your wonderful ears once more. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye for now. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then later on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.